Hi, my name is Nick. And I'm James. And you're listening to the Indie Ball Report podcast, where we talk about everything from the world of independent league baseball. So grab a bat and step to the batter's box, because the show starts now. All right, we're back again. Episode number 12 here on the show. Yep, number uh, 12. Yep, it's our big Atlantic League showcase preview here. So we're going to showcase the whole league here. We're going to go through everything. We're going to start by looking back on last year's results, as well as look through some of the news in the offseason and give you some of our predictions and preview each of the teams here. Just as a warning, as we've said in the past weeks, we won't be able to go into too much depth on each of the eight teams here just because time constraints make it that way. Already the show is going to be very long, longer than our usual hour. To go into deep depth on each one of the teams will really be feasible, but we will give them significant time to cover them, and we'll go ahead and showcase each individual team on the YouTube channel. Expect about two teams a day leading up to opening day, starting on Monday. I also just want to say there was a little bit of news this week. I didn't get a chance to really hit it hard, mainly because we were prepping for this showcase heavily. Uh, just in the past day, I spent eight hours on prepping this show. So, big time. Exactly. So it's a big show here. And all the news from this week, being that there was nothing major, no pressing thing, uh, biggest news was Carlos Zambrano coming back. And Big Z. Yeah. Him coming back. And uh, I believe it was the Explorers team president. He resigned his position, too. So, right, yeah. mm-hmm. yep, so and that kind of thing we'll lump into next week's show and just give that a little bit of time here. Obviously, we'll have to restructure next week's show because we'll have actual baseball to discuss. Now, granted, we'll only have the opening day games, but... Hey, something. Exactly. It's better than what we've had so it's far. It's start. It's baseball. Exactly. So, that's just a heads up to you. There won't really be any news here just because, once again, the time we'd spend on it, I'd much rather spend on uh, actual covering the leagues and previewing things. I think it's a better use of time. Yeah, no doubt. So... With that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into it now. So let's go ahead and start by just recapping last year's standings and all that, just to catch us up to speed real quick, so that way we kind of have a baseline going into the 2019 season. Yep, we can start there. All right, so we'll start by covering the first half standings, show you the second half, and then kind of go from there. So last year, the first half of the season wound up with Sugarland having a commanding lead over the whole league. 41-22 and 22 was the record, followed by Lancaster at 38-25, and 25, York at 32-31, and 31, and then South Maryland at a distant 26-37. and 37. As for the other side in the Liberty Division, Somerset led the way 35-28, New Britain then at 33-30, and 30, Long Island at 30-33, and 33, and the Traveling Road Warriors that are going to be replaced this year by your High Point Rockers, came in at a very distant 17-46. and 46. So not the best records there in the early going for some of the bottom teams there, but overall, a fairly competitive race at that point. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I think you can expect some of the similar things uh, this year. I think the good teams will be the good teams as usual. Um, I expect to see Somerset kind of on top uh, this year again in the Liberty Division. Um, and I also expect to see uh, Sugarland and other teams like that really continue to either get better or take a jump, uh, you know, this year. Yep, more to come on that in a little bit. Yep. All right, and then in the second half of the season, it wound up with the same standings on the other side for the Freedom Division, Sugarland, Lancaster, York, and South Maryland. Finished the same way, that's how that division struck out. So Sugarland took Lancaster in the first round, 
And on the other side, we had a bit of uh, moving and shaking here as Long Island stormed to a 39-24 and finish in the second half, narrowly beating out Somerset for that second half crown at 37-26. and New Britain has a rough second half going to 28-35, and and the Road Warriors managed to get worse, actually, by going 12-41. <laughs> and But even still, you got to give them credit. It's very hard to play. Every game is a road game. Oh, yeah. No facilities, no home crowd, always on the road. It does get very tough, especially over the course of a long season like that. We wound up having Long Island meeting Somerset in the first round on that Liberty Division side. In the playoffs, Sugarland and Long Island both won their divisions and would meet in the championship game. Both took five games to beat Lancaster and Somerset, respectively. And from there, that is how our league struck out, with a championship game going a handful of games, ending with a Sugarland Scooters victory, claiming your 2018 Atlantic League title. All in all, fairly good year, especially when you win a championship on a walk-off Grand Slam. It's very tough to beat that. Yeah, no doubt. Dare I say, that beats Martin Figueroa's shot. No, 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 no. I, I can't say. I, uh, I don't know. Just because of how the inning built up. The inning build up was good. The inning build up, I don't know. Two outs, it all happened with two outs. Uh, Either way, last year, we got a lot of good baseball. We did. And yeah. there's certainly more to come during oh, yeah. 2019. No doubt. Just quickly, wrapping up that championship game. Your series MVP was James Russell. He, you may remember from his short stint with the Chicago Cubs. He's a pitcher. Solid guy. No longer with the organization. Moved on to, I believe, the Mexican Leagues. So, he's there now. Uh, in the All-Star game, at the midpoint of the season, Long Island was our host. Very good host. As always, you expect that from them. Class organization. Mm-hmm. And they saw their Liberty Division beating the Freedom Division 4-3 to in a walk-off in the ninth inning. So we had 43 contracts also purchased in 2018, a solid year. Some players saw major league action, but most did not, as we expected. And then just awards, recapping that really quick. Uh, you obviously saw Sugarland win both the first and second half Freedom Division. Uh, Somerset won the first half, Liberty, Land took the second, and Sugarland won the whole thing. Uh, player, your Player of the Year award. Went to Jordani Valdespin of Long Island. A solid year for him. And he had his contract purchased by the Minnesota Twins. Neat Reed of Lancaster took home Pitcher of the Year. And Manager of the Year was Pete Incoglia of Sugarland. So a solid year there. And Defensive Player of the Year was Edwin Garcia of South Maryland. So we had some big awards. Solid year for everybody there. And that's how the season shook out. Okay, so uh, if, if we're looking at the... Uh, the events of last season. Certainly, you had a lot of good things happening. Um, very competitive league. If you're looking at Sugarland, they definitely took the crown. There's no doubt they were a fantastic team. Uh, although, if we're also looking at in terms of Somerset and Long Island, they had a great race at the end of the season. Obviously, uh, neither one of them were able to, uh, you know, get to the mountaintop that they wanted to. Hmm. Uh, I think that you saw a lot of good things happening from a lot of different players. Uh, obviously not, not too many guys moved on to the major leagues, but a lot of guys did get their contracts purchased, as you're saying. So there was definitely a lot of good growth and movement within the Atlantic League uh, last year. And obviously it was really exciting the way that the season ended, and the Skeeters really came uh, and brought it in their last couple of games and took home the championship. Yep, of course. I think it kind of goes to what you were saying there. I think uh, Somerset and Long Island really beat the hell out of each other yep. towards the end there, and that really is what, this is, what was the determining factor in the end there, 
for Sugarland. It really helped them out having a Tiger Ducks team that they had to play. Oh, so, no doubt, yeah. So that definitely helped them out. But now we move on to just a quick off-season recap. Obviously, there was some big news that happened in the off-season here with the Atlantic League, and we're just going to cover the five major points that happened in the off-season, and then we'll go into the actual fun stuff of the preview. So on November 13th, High Point finally unveiled their branding. So we had a Rockers logo, and we started really getting the ball moving there, and High Point really started becoming a reality. Ten days later, on the 23rd of November, Jordani Valdespin was named Baseball America's Independent Player of the Year. So he was the best player in all of Independent League Baseball. A very solid honor, a very great honor for the Atlantic League to have a guy of that caliber in their league. Yeah, no doubt there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on December 18th, the Atlantic League adopted the official minor league system's use of extra inning rules, meaning that you will start extras now with a runner on second base. That will count as though it was an error, but an error won't occur, but that's just scoring distance. That's not important. And the important thing is now there is a runner on second when the 10th inning starts, just to help speed the game along, I guess. I personally don't care for it, but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, it's one of those things that we'll see what happens. Uh, as we kind of move forward here into yeah. this season, how that plays out. Yep. And then exactly, and then obviously, as we covered on episode four and five, on February 26th, the Atlantic League Major League Baseball partnership was announced, and so I guess the one before it doesn't really matter because Major League would have just told them to do that anyway. Yeah, probably. But uh, that was announced, and then the rule changes that were made were announced on March 8th. So if you want more information on that, we went to a large discussion on that in episodes 4 and 5. You can let, go back and listen to that. That's not what this show's for. Our show today is for what comes next year, which is previewing each division. So we're going to start by previewing the Freedom Division, then we'll do the Liberty, and then we'll just kind of go from there. Freedom Division, let's start with Lancaster. They finished last year 74 and 52, second the Freedom Division, and saw a first round playoff exit for them. I was kind of looking over the roster here. I gotta say, they're, they seem like a pretty even team on both sides of the ball. Uh, they got some decent bats. Uh, the guy I mainly saw here, I believe is about a 26 year old guy, Zach Shank. He's an infielder, outfielder type. He seems like a solid guy. He has some experience two or three years in indie ball. And he seems like the kind of guy that could really add to be a, a important bat in the year. He doesn't seem like a kind of power bat guy. But he seems like the kind of dude that could really make a difference on the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. I think he is certainly someone that the Barnstormers are gonna gonna rely upon offensively. I think they have a lot of um, they have a lot of strengths, but also I don't know if they really have that big power back uh, mm-hmm. in, to facilitate kind of the that part of their lineup. So we'll see what happens. Um, I do believe that they'll be a good team. Um, however, I think they'll wind up being the same type of team that we saw them last year. As kind of a middle of the road team that wound up having some good moments, some moments where they where they didn't play as well, and maybe exiting in the, in the first or second round. Yeah, no, I I definitely see that too. Uh, they're in a tough division, just having Sugarland there, which is going to be a giant, and we will talk about it in a minute. But they they just don't have that game breaker, like you're saying. I don't really see that on their roster. I see a bunch of players that could really help guide them to another uh, another really strong year, but that's about it. Uh, as for the pitcher side, there's a couple of guys, but the main guy I picked out here was former Yankee prospect uh, Cody Epley. He's a pitcher, obviously, and uh, he seems like he could be a really stabilizing force. He, he can be used in the bullpen, and as a starter, I think he can provide some solid innings for the team, which will be important as we go on in the season. 
Yeah, I definitely think Epley is one of those guys who you everyone really thought they were gonna, he was going to hit his stride and mm. become an important piece within the Yankees organization. He never really did. Um, so unfortunately, we kind of have that different uh, take on him now. So I, I do think that he will, in some case, if he gets it figured out, if he figures out how to work over um, his other pitches other than his fastball, we know he's got a good fastball, but if, his, if he works in his other pitches, uh, his breaking ball is a lot better than he did when he was with the Yankees uh, organization, then we're going to really see a good uh, Epley. And I do think that uh, if that happens, then, yeah, you're going to have that cog uh, in, within the pitching staff that will really help them move forward and definitely get them to the, the playoffs. And so just overall, looking at Lancaster as a team, I really do like them as an even team. Fielding, too, I think could be very strong there for them. Uh, I kind of grade each team here on a 20 to 80 scale, which is, for some reason, that scale baseball uses to grade prospects. It makes no sense to me. I think 1 to 100 <laughs> makes more sense, or 1 to 10. Yeah, well, yeah. But that 20 to 80 works. So I graded Lancaster as an overall team as a 58. A solid team that can be a bit of a danger to its opponents, but overall isn't itself a major threat. They're hand, you can handle them fairly easily. Yeah, I agree with that. I would say it was somewhere between uh, 50 and 60 sounds right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that they're a good team. I think they have a lot of good pieces, but I also think that they they don't have that one, like you're saying, that X-factor kind of a guy who's really going to be a cog in the mobile lineup or even just somebody who's going to be that big veteran presence like the Sea with Sugarland. They have a lot of guys who are that veteran presence um, who's going to take over the lineup in the locker room. I don't really see that happening. Yep, that and also I, I'm skeptical at their catcher position. They're very thin there. I looked at it. They don't really have a an elite-level hitting catcher if you look at their numbers. Uh, I got everything off of baseball reference, and you'll see that when we go in and do the deep dive in the video for uh, Lancaster. But if you look, they're a very defensive catching team, which in and of itself isn't a bad thing, but in a league like the Atlantic League, you need to have offense from everybody. You can't afford to have somebody batting 211. That's just not going to work. You're going to be putting yourself behind if you don't have everybody hitting. You can kind of survive having, I don't want to say poor, but not as good defense. You can sacrifice that for offense, at least in my opinion. Oh, no doubt, yeah. yeah because already you're going to be getting a lot more offense just because the level of pitcher is a bit lower than yeah. you would normally expect. So. I would have sacrificed that to try and get a better hitting catcher, but that's a decision that uh, they chose not to make. Yeah, I definitely think that is going to be a hole for them. You always need that guy who's going to hit as well as field, um, and I think you know, especially from the catcher position, you're going to see a guy a revolving door. So if they if someone doesn't step up and really play well early in the season, you'll see a revolving door. You might see some guys get signed as well. Yep. So I'm going to go, I think we're going to Lancaster, we can move on. Yeah, move on. Yep. So we're going to move on to what I think is going to be the surprise team of the year Ooh. in Southern Maryland. Ooh. Now, they finished last year 50-76 and 76 under their first year manager. However, I think this year is going to be a lot different. There's a couple of guys here that I've really identified as like X-Factor players here. The main two on the batting side here, and they're very, they're, in my opinion, very comparable to Lancaster, where I think they're really going to be in it till the very end of the season. And if that's the case, then they are a team to be feared. So, Angeles Nina, he's an infielder, outfielder mix, but he really focuses on the infield more. And Ruby Silva, you may remember him, he spent some time in uh, Sussex County, as well as playing on some of the Canadian indie ball teams. He's been kind of floating around there for the better part of two or three years. Uh, he spent a little bit of time at the York a couple of years back, too. He's just kind of bounced around a lot. He spent some time in the American Association as well. But the main point of it is, 
he has a good bat and he's a solid fielder. And I think that could be really helpful as just kind of a middle of the lineup type guy. A guy that you put in the six hole and you expect to see something from. Plus he has a little bit of speed there that makes you have to keep him close, which can help build the other team. As for uh, Nina, he just bats very well. If you look, he bats over 300, and when you play most of your games in Southern Maryland, he is a returning player for them as well. Uh, he is the kind of guy where I could see him continuing to just do solid. He's just going to continue to rake as he's been doing. So oh, yeah. I, I definitely am interested in seeing him play there. Yeah, definitely. I, I think he's he's a good one. And then if we if we move on to the, the other side, well, I'm sure you'll get yeah. there in a minute. Um, but in terms of pitchers, a guy that I really want to highlight is uh, Pat Dean. I really like yeah, Pat Dean. Pat Dean's another solid guy. He's another solid guy. Pick him up out of the Korean uh, baseball organization, uh, and he played for the Kia Tigers. Um, and he was really, really good there. He struck out 143 batters in just 176 innings of work. Probably, you know, somebody who could really be a workhorse for this team, uh, can throw a lot of innings, Clearly is a, an established pitcher. And you know, a little fun fact about him is he threw a perfect, uh, a no hitter and a perfect game in consecutive games uh, in high school. So definitely somebody who's got some experience playing in big games and pitching really well. I like him. I think he's, I think he's another part of what you're talking about, hmm. bringing it, bringing back guys that were good uh, for Southern Maryland and also adding in the influx of talent. I really like that. And I think moving forward, you're going to see that happen in Southern Maryland. And, and absolutely, I agree with your idea that that is going to work. Yeah, so I think you make a very good point with the pitching staff there. It is a very deep staff, and they definitely did make some key acquisitions. Yep. Uh, the main guy here, he's a returning guy. He's also going to be their pitching coach for the year. Daryl Thompson, he suffered an injury through halfway last year. But he is a solid pitcher. He had a terrific first half for the half he was able to pitch. And I look very forward to seeing him get a full year here. I think he could be a real dynamic kind of game changer. And here's the pitcher I chose to spotlight on this team. However, there's three or four other guys here that I really do like. El Haj Muhammad, he played a lot of the season yeah. in Sussex. Mm-hmm. Played great. Yep, with Can-Am. He's a very talented pitcher, and I think with proper usage, he could be a very dynamic force on that team, as well as the other guy here. This other guy is a solid pitcher. He's going to be a reliever, and that's the main reason why I chose not to uh, spotlight him. I don't like focusing on relievers because they can't make as big of an impact, but right. there's a the kind of thing where you can't win with only a good bullpen, but if you don't have one, you you're not going. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that kind of team. Uh, but Andrew Johnston, he is another guy, a solid he's a reliever. Good. He's very good. I'm very interested to see him there. He's a middle of the bullpen type guy, but I think that could be very, very, very good for them. Oh yeah, I look yeah. very excited seeing what he can do. Yeah, especially uh, especially you're talking about. Um, with Muhammad there, he is he is really good. We saw we got a ch- opportunity to see him a lot pitch live uh, in Sussex County last year, and he pitched very well. He's a guy who's a very good pitcher um, and really has a great um, great breaking ball. I think his slider when he sweeps it across the zone, it is devastating. So yeah, definitely someone who we got we got to keep on our radar. You know, his arsenal of pitches is very good. It's very dynamic, and he's the kind of guy I think could really be the kind of game changer there. Him, Ryan Chance, he's also another nice piece to have. Uh, overall, I could see that bullpen being a thing that wrecks havoc. I think they need one more starter in addition to Daryl to really be a threat. And they got a decent enough core there where I think you could see them make a nice little run. I'm not sure if they're good enough to push Lancaster out of that spot. Yeah, but, probably not. But they're definitely the kind of team that's going to be in the hunt in September. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. So moving on from there, let's move on now to the defending champion, Sugarland. Oh, wait, my, my mistake. I almost forgot to give uh, Southern Maryland my grade. 
I agree with them, a 62 on the 2080 scale. So a little bit higher, but still within margin there, of uh, Lancaster. Uh, I felt like, I just liked their team better. I thought they had a better depth than Lancaster did. Like, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think their depth makes them dangerous. And I just think overall, as a team, their roster is constructed of really exciting guys. And I think that will make anyone uh, happy to put them a little bit higher than Lancaster. I think Lancaster, we talked about lacking that X factor a little bit. I think there's a couple of guys in Southern Maryland who you can point to and say, you know, they could they could carry the team, and if they if they play really well, especially some of those hitters you were talking about earlier, they could really carry this team into the upper echelon. It depends on a lot of things. It depends on health and things like that. But I really do think that 62 is a good, sto- good score, but it might be low depending on how these guys develop. Exactly. And the thing that I really do like about South Maryland before we move on to Sugarland is a lot of these guys, they're at that level where they're really good for the Atlantic League level, but they're not the kind of guy affiliated ball would really target. So that means you're going to get 120 games, 130 games of a 140-game season. Yep. You're going to get a lot of time out of these guys, which is going to be huge. So that's why I really like them. I yeah, think I they could be very interested. And for the people of Waldorf, Maryland, your team's going to be good. You, you should really enjoy watching them. If they were closer, I'd go watch them a bit more. But <laughs> the six-hour hike is a bit much. A, a, little, a little treacherous. But, yeah. hey, you know. I don't know. Maybe make a trip down there. Oh, Who yeah, knows? probably. Yeah. Figure it out. Can't rule it out. Exactly. So we move on to Sugarland now. 81-45 was their record last year. First in the Freedom from the drop of the hat, and they won the championship. It was basically all uphill for Sugarland last year. Um, there's really not much to say other than they're really, really good. Yeah, like they're just really good. I mean, they, that's nothing else to say. <laughs> exactly. Like you go ahead and once again, I went ahead and put together the list of players and stuff here. Um, there's a couple guys here that I really do like. Dallas Beeler as a pitcher, I think is going to be a very good starter. That I'll go on talk about him in a bit. Roy Merritt's going to be a solid guy. Gene Mc, I think it's Mackey. He's another solid pitcher. Uh, James Dykstra's going to be a solid player for them. So they got some younger guys in there, but they also have the stable force of the guy I'm about to highlight. I think we all kind of know is Anthony Giansanti. Oh, yeah. He's a Come solid on. player. He's just he's an all-star level player. He supports the bat core there, which their bats are probably the best in the Atlantic League. Oh, no doubt. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it's, it's crazy how good those guys are going to be this year. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, Gian Santi will obviously be in the heart of the order. I fully expect for them to do very well. I fully expect for them to win their division. And anything less, I think, is not going to be uh, living up to their expectation. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think guys like... Uh, Derek Lowe are going to be uh, a big big factor in that. Yeah, Mark Lowe. Uh, Mark Lowe, excuse me. <laughs> Mark Lowe's going to be a big factor in that. And got my name's crossed. Uh, yeah, Mark Lowe's going to be a big factor in that. And also James Loney, another big addition that we saw mm-hmm. in this offseason. He's going to be really big in uh, powering that offense forward. He can play a lot of positions. Uh, you might see him at first base. You might see him in the outfield. We'll see how that goes. But I, I definitely think you know James Loney. Um, Mark Lowe is going to really, yeah. really, uh, they're really two big pickups that we've talked about this season that are going to really help uh, the Skeeters, and I would be shocked if they don't win their division, and I would be even more shocked if they don't go very deep into the playoffs this year. Yeah, no, they, they definitely should, by all expectation. Uh, Connor Wade's also another starting pitcher they yeah, have. Yeah. He's a very good pitcher for them, too. I mean, their rotation's deep. They have everything you need. They have everything you look for. Once again, they're at that talent level where, yeah, they may get a few guys poached, but overall, by and large, this team's going to remain intact. 
Okay. And they're going to be a very good team, a very solid team again. I mean, you can't, we're just keep being dead horse Europe. I fully expect them to win this league. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I really do believe that they will be our champion again at the end of the season. Although I do think, and I'll get to it in a minute, I do think uh, Somerset might give them a run for their money. But we'll we'll get yeah. there when we get there. Oh, yeah. No, we'll cover Somerset in a minute because I think our playoff structure may be fairly similar here. Yeah. But that comes in a little bit. Uh, just finishing up on Sugarland, I gave them a 72 on the 80 scale. I think that's pretty fair. I They are that good on paper. Yeah, I mean, uh, 72, like I said, probably 68 between, between 68 and probably 75 is a fair score for them. And I think 75 might be a little high. You might be overvaluing them, but 72 is probably the perfect median there um, that will really allow them, uh, you know, gives them, it's a good score. They're going to be, they're going to be really good. There's no way to slice it other than that. Mm -hmm. Um, and if they're not really good, there's going to be guys being fired because this team is talented. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. This team is so talented. That, uh, you know, if they don't run away with their division, that would be the biggest shock of the season. Yeah, no, they should easily win that division. That's without question. Oh, yeah. So now we'll go on to the last team in the Freedom Division, your York Revolution. We've talked about them a lot on this show. Yep. And now it's time to dive into their team. I gave them a 53 out of 80. And honestly, it's a fair, I think that's a fair score for them, as we're about to say in a minute. They finished third in their division, missed the playoffs, because obviously they didn't win a division title. Yep. And I look at their bats, and I like them a lot. However, their pitching staff leaves a lot to be desired from my end. I may just be because I'm not really sold on Ross Dweiler. I mean, he has some experience. He was a fine number three starter for the Nationals for a couple of years. But all, all in all, I'm I'm just not sold on that staff. Dan Myers, Dan Miner is the guy I chose to highlight here because he had some good years pitching. Uh. And I think he's going to be there for a while, but overall, the staff's not very impressive to me. See, I, I, I don't know. I like Detweiler. Uh, I think he could be really good. Mm. Um, I also think Josh Judy is a good addition mm. in there. Uh, something to think about. Uh, certainly, Miner also has a lot of experience. Uh, so that's something to look at. I think if you look at some of their bats, they're pretty good as well. Yeah, the bats are where they really do, do, uh, excel. Yeah, I mean, Melky Mace addition there. Uh, you got just got a lot of people who are, who are really good bats. Nate, uh, Coronado. Yeah, he's the guy I was going to highlight there in a second. That he has the large experience as a power bat. Yeah, and, and uh, Alexi Casilla is also yeah. there as well. So I mean, you've got a lot yeah. of smart uh, baseball guys, guys who have a lot of talent. Yeah. So I think I, I think fifty three for me, anyway, mm-hmm. from my perspective, is a little low. I would put them more on the fifty five and up range. However, I do think that they're going to finish uh, below the teams that we've highlighted uh, here as well. So I, I, I do think that they're going to finish uh, probably last in, in this the division this year, unfortunately, yeah. even though I do think they have a lot of talent. Yep, another guy that they also have is the bat, uh, Justin Trapp. He's also another guy as a middle infielder. He has a decent bat to him, too, but like you're yeah, saying... Trapp is good. Yeah, like you're saying, I just... I like Southern Maryland a lot more. I like Sugarland by leagues more. And I think when you compare York to Lancaster, I think it's at best even. And overall, I think while Lancaster doesn't have that breakout guy like, say, a York has in Coronado or Trap or Mesa or other guys like that, uh, another guy, uh, Wellington Dotel, yeah, is another yeah, solid bat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, they have the bats, but that's only half of it. I mean, you can't win every game 13 to 12. It's just not going to happen. So I just... I don't, I don't buy it. I think the pitching staff leaps just too much. I think it's too big of a weakness. I think it all depends on how Ross Detweiler pitches. If we see a really, really good Ross Detweiler and he's an ace in the staff, 
then you're going to see someone who you're going to see a team that really has that that win every fifth day. And if you can lock that in, then they'll be good. But it, you're right. If he pitches like he kind of did at the end of his tenure with the Nationals and kind of starts to taper off a little bit, you're not going to see uh, someone who's that. I, mean, I don't think yeah. this team will, will reach any expectations. Yeah. Like, honestly, I think he's going to pitch very similar to Matt Latos, who's on Southern Maryland this year, which I didn't even realize until I started doing the preview yeah, that wow, they yeah. signed him. That went with pretty much no fanfare there. Yeah, I really well. I mean, he didn't really pitch that well for the, the Jackals and the Cannons. Yeah, true. But even still there, I mean, it's... I mean, I just... I'm, I'm not sold on it. I really... The staff, I really have a concern with that. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a fair concern. I mean, I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but I definitely think that the, that could be a big hole for them, uh, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, how yep. things shake out. Yep. And then just one final note on them. York is also hosting the All-Star game this year. I forgot to put that in the notes, but I just remembered they're hosting that, so hopefully they're able to stay competitive and at least send two or three guys to the All-Star game so they'll have uh, some fair representation for them. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's a beautiful ballpark there. Um, in York, and I do think that it will be uh, certainly something that's that's good for the fans there uh, to have have the All Star game there. So I mean, I, I'm hopeful for that, but I don't know if the team will live up to the fans' expectations this year. But certainly, the renovations to the ballpark will make it a great venue for the All Star game. Yeah. All right. So now with that, that will conclude the Freedom Division portion of this uh, preview, and we'll move on now to the Liberty Division preview. We have a new team in the Liberty Division. We got the High Point Rockers. Oh, Obviously, yeah. new team, so they don't have a previous record. They do not have a previous spot in the standings. And, obviously, they missed the playoffs because they didn't exist. Right. <laughs> so, overall, I was expecting this team to be a lot better when I looked into it than it really turned out being. Because, honestly, the bats outside of Sam's really isn't that inspiring. And even then, I'm kind of touch and go on him because you really start realizing how old he is. Yep. Uh, the guy I noticed was fresh out of college guy, Spencer Holcomb. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. the catcher. I think he's one of the better catchers in this league. Obviously, I'm saying that just going off of his college numbers, which got progressively better every year, which is what you expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be a solid mix between a offensive catcher and a defensive catcher. I expect a slow start from just making that leap from college to professional. But overall, I think he's going to be a solid guy. Um... With them, I'm not sure about you, but when I looked at their starters, I really did not like any starter. No, I mean, there's not really a whole lot of names that are recognizable that are going to jump out yet at, out at you. Yeah. Um, and there's also just not a lot of uh, great talent there. It doesn't I mean, seem. I mean, yeah. I, maybe we're missing something, but yeah. it just doesn't seem that, that like these guys are the top of uh, cr- cream of the crop kind of guys. Yeah, like the only two guys outside of Holcomb on the offensive side of the ball I saw, Giovanni Alfonso. He's an interesting guy. He may be able to provide some pop in like a two-hole. And then Jabari Henry. Those two, I like them. I think they're a decent enough bat. Uh, Sam's also, like I had mentioned. Yep. But I just really don't like them. And once again, uh, Chase Hutchinson. Hutchinson? Yeah. I like him as a reliever. But once again, if you have a starter that's getting chased after two, three innings, you're going to kill your bullpen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one guy, one pitcher who's pretty good uh, that we've seen before is Vic Black, um, was formerly of the New Jersey Jackals. Right? <laughs> you know, Vic Black could be an interesting player. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Vic Black, uh, certainly, you know, he's got a little bit of MLB experience, uh, an interesting guy, uh, played pretty well when he was with the Jackals, did get hurt a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So if he could stay healthy, it'd be interesting to see how he turns out. Uh, he might be one of the X factors on this team, but uh, like you're saying, Overall, this team is not going to be strong 
just for this year. It's an inaugural year. Oftentimes this does happen. And then next year, once they get a little bit, uh, once we get a little bit more, uh, different, more players exposed and different, different exposure for the, the team overall, you'll, you'll see this team probably pick it up next year. But I certainly do not have high expectations for them this year. I think they are winding up probably last year in the yeah, Liberty no, I, I really don't like them as an overall team here. What I do like is their coaching staff. Yeah. I think Frank Viola is going to be a good pitching coach for yeah, them. Yeah, he's going to be a good pitching coach. And I like Jamie Keefe as a manager. I, I think that. that's mm-hmm. a good staff here. I know we haven't talked much about it, but when you get into staffs, most of them are returning, and a lot of them, uh, they're just recovered in the team previews, which will be up during the week, like I said. Uh, I'm just There's nothing to be excited about here. Obviously, if you're in High Point, you have a new team. That's what you're going to be excited about. But for someone that's been in the market with teams and just looking at it objectively, I'm not really seeing anything here that makes me go, they're going to be a threat. They honestly remind me of a bit like the Marlins this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're the team that everyone else is going, we have to beat them because whoever <laughs> has the worst record against them is going to be the guy that misses out in that playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I think that, uh, you know, they're going to be a team that is – very much in the process of building their fan base, building their team, building their organization, kind of from the inside out. And you'll see more uh, more of those expectations being, you know, onto them in year two and kind of their development more so in year two. Yep. So with that, I think we can move on now to a team that we all expect to do very well in the Long Island Ducks. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, High Point was also a 47. I'm not sure I mentioned that. I have them at 47 on the 80. I think I, that's generous. Yeah, no, I think that's where they're going to be. Uh, there's only 27 above the bottom, so yeah. <laughs> so I do expect them to win a handful of games. I do expect them to be respectable, but not by much. Yeah. Uh, any case, Long Island, they're 67 on the scale, so a large difference here. Uh, 69 and 57 last year, second to Liberty and lost to Sugarland in the championship. Uh, bats on this team, once again, very strong. Yep. I really like them. Uh, Lou Ford at 41 <laughs> is hitting above three, is hitting 293. I remember that exactly with 11 home runs and 73 ribbies. <laughs> he's like Julio Franco. He is Julio Franco. <laughs> he's just, the man is insane. Oh yeah. Like he has 500 games of major league experience, but that was a, that was a decade ago. Yeah. I mean, he's just, for a 41 year old to do this, it's just insane. It's incredible. It's unthinkable. And I, and it just shows you, that, you know, he's got his body and his mind still in the game of baseball, I would not expect him to lose a step uh, this yeah. season. At 42, honestly, if he's hitting 280 or better, it's already a win. Yep. I, I, I do predict him having a really good season. Hmm. Uh, another guy, obviously, we'll talk about him in a moment, is going to be Kirk Newenheis. He's yeah. going to be a really good addition for uh, yeah. Long Island. Yeah. He's, he's a very experienced player. As well as Dendecker as well. Oh, yeah. Other guy that I saw as an infielder here? Vladimir Fryas. Oh, yeah. I like him, too. I think he's going to be a solid piece for this team. I think he's going to be, once again, one of those guys I like that's like that 6-7 hole hitter that puts up, like, high 200s numbers, gives you a little bit of power, but he's going to get on base. Yeah, definitely, and him and, and Steve Lombardozzi will be good as well. Uh, in that. Hmm. Exactly. And then, as far as pitching staff goes, very similar problems I saw to a team like York where they have a lot of bats, but not many arms. Mm. I didn't really... See, here's the thing. I'm not big on Alderman, and I'm not big on uh, um, Mazzaro. Okay. Yeah, right. I'm not big on those two. Okay. Jake Fisher was a guy I liked. I think he's going to be a very solid starting piece. Um, but outside of that, I really just... I'm not in love with the with the, with their pitching core. I mean, I, I like John Neese. I think John Neese is a yeah, good addition. Yeah, Neese is going to be good, I guess. He'll pitch really well for them, I think. 
Um, I think Tim Adelman uh, is very good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's somebody who's got a lot of experience and could wind up um, being a very good a very good piece for them as well. I do think Vin Mazzaro is kind of hot and cold. I think mm-hmm. when we've seen him in the past, he's either a really really good uh, you know on, on his game really really well, or he's you know kind of hot and cold and has a bad game. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think it, it depends on how those guys play. I think if John Neese plays well, and I think if Jim, Vin Mazzaro uh, plays well, mm-hmm. then and if those two guys pitch well, then you're going to see a different Long Island team. If they do not pitch well, uh, then you can mm-hmm. start <laughs> having yeah. some troubles. The two other guys I liked on the staff, though, because for me, Mazzaro, I was hot and cold on. Alderman, I don't really care. I don't. <laughs> I just don't really think he's going to be that great of a pitcher on this team. Uh, I like Fisher. Garin Downs, I also like as a bullpen guy. He seems like a very solid guy. He's going to give you about 40, 50 innings. I think that could be something that could be, he could be a good arm for that. And then yeah. Tyler Badamo, we talked about him briefly in past shows about his vocal opposition to moving the mound back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as seems like most pitchers were. Uh, I like him too as a starter. I think he's a good number two, number three starter for this league. Yeah. And yeah. I think he could go ahead and give him some, uh, some oomph. And that's why I like, that's why the difference between Long Island at 67 and York at 53 is so big for me. The bats are better and the arms are better, but they both still have the same weaknesses. You know, I think, uh, I think they're the same team only if you enhance Long Island. I agree. And I think another guy that's kind of could be an X factor is a guy who was on the team last year in uh, Tim Melville. Uh, mm. pretty good pitching, uh, pitching prospect there. Obviously he's a little bit, a little bit older, but he's certainly, uh, a good player, has MLB experience. You know, he's, this is going to be his 11th season, so he's a little bit seasoned. I do like him, uh, and I do think that he will kind of add what you're saying in terms of makes sense, uh, in terms of maybe there's not a lot of pitching, uh, that the, that the Ducks have, but the one, what they do have is some really good, you know, some guys who could either be really good or really bad. So I, I, I agree with that score of 67. I think 67 is a good spot, but I also think you could see it drop depending on how these pitchers do uh, perform. All right, so with that, I think now it's time to move on to New Britain, which, honestly, I view them in a very similar light to that of High Point. Yeah. (laughs) I don't really love any player on this team. Mm -hmm. New Britain was 61 and 65, as I attempt that for the third time last year, (laughs) finishing third in the Liberty Division. They had a late-season collapse, as we saw in the earlier recap, uh, missing the postseason. There isn't a soul on the batting side that I really love. Jonathan Galvez, I'm okay on. I think he's a solid enough guy. Uh, you look into it more. Darren Ford's all right. That's about it. Uh, uh, maybe, 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 maybe Giovanni Soto. I mean, well, maybe. he's a pitcher. Yeah, yeah. So he's, I mean, he's, you know, he's a pitcher, but uh, yeah, yeah I'm saying, but I'm saying that maybe Giovanni Soto, in terms of oh, on the pitching, pitching side, yeah, yeah. No, I was just talking about the the batting side. I was talking it. about overall. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so Jim Fuller's another reliever I like, but once again, if I'm highlighting a reliever as opposed to a starter in this spot, you know, it says well, it says a lot. You know, Jim Fuller isn't only able to throw you forty innings. Yeah. So it's he's going to help you like. Twice a week, but that's about it. I mean, Alexi Amaris is a good infielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got MLB experience. That's a name a lot of people would be yeah. familiar with. Uh, so maybe Alexi Amaris to, you know, will be that one little X factor there, but I don't know yeah. in terms of. Uh, Gervasio, Sammy Gervasio yeah, could be a decent little player he'd be too. A he's player, yeah. he's had some good years. I think he has some experience with the Astros as well. Uh, Corey Riordan 
He's also a nice little reliever, but once again, we're going to talk about it's important to have a bullpen, but you can't just have a bullpen. Yeah. You know, and that's why I just don't really love them. I think there's enough on this team to give them that nice little push to third place. But I, once again, it seems like it's going to be a two-horse race between Long Island and Somerset. Uh, that's the only way I can see this going. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not overly impressed with New Britain. Especially because I didn't get my free peanuts. Um, but, but no, I'm, I'm not, I'm certainly not overly impressed with the roster they've constructed for this year. Um, uh, like I said, Soto will be a good, will be a good arm. Um, but I definitely don't know if they really have that power bat. Obviously, Amarista has always been more of a defensive guy in the mm-hmm. field. Uh, so like I said, those are my two guys that I actually like, um, on, yeah. on New Britain. But again, they're not really X-Factor big time players that are going to make a huge difference. Exactly. Yeah. No, I just, once again, like you're saying, there's no X factor on this team. Now, maybe someone just steps up and just goes to town. Yeah, maybe, maybe they make a deal with a different league and get a guy. Maybe, you know, Conrad Gregor jumps up <laughs> Conrad! and goes back. Honestly, if I was them, I would seriously consider it. Which, actually, the guy I'm surprised, I'm surprised Jamie Keefe didn't make a call about that. I agree, I agree. I would have thought he would try to get something done with Lancaster to get him in there. Being that if you look at his team, he has a lot of guys that were in the Can-Am League over the past two years. Yeah. So I'm surprised about that. I am too. I think I think Conrad would be a really good um, addition for New Britain, and it would be a good opportunity for Conrad too to jump into that next bracket of Atlantic League baseball. But he might be happy with uh, Lancaster, so. Well, no, now he's in New Jersey. Uh, we again, in New Jersey, so, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. What am I talking about? He's <laughs> clearly with the Jackals, yeah. as we talked about many times on this show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm just kind of surprised he didn't jump up. Same thing with uh, Brian Bergamy. I'm not sure where he is at now. Yeah, but I don't he's know another he guy uh, on. Uh, Three Rivers, too, there's a guy. Uh, Taylor Brennan. Uh, Taylor, Taylor Brennan, Brennan's yeah, another yeah. guy. Like, There's a couple guys there. I just am kind of surprised that a new team like High Point or a team like New Britain that looks like they're going to be kind of struggling for offense didn't decide to make a phone call and see, like, okay, what are we going to have to do here? Yeah, I mean, uh, especially a guy, a guy like uh, Brennan, who, who we yeah. just saw just go off last season. Yeah, unbelievable. He, just, he, went, he had a terrific year. And yeah. Frankly, I think... If he's poised to repeat that again, I would say, oh, he's not an affiliate ball by the end of the year. Oh, yeah, no. If he does that again, he'll be an affiliate ball easily by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that says all for New Britain. I have him at a 50 or a 45. Oh, yeah. A I mean, 45. I, I think that's at best, yeah. Yeah, it's, actually, I have him slightly below high point. Yeah. At, <laughs> high point at 47. Uh, I think that could go either way, honestly. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think either of those teams could be way better than we're projecting them, um, but probably not. <laughs> and I expect them to be fighting for last. Yep. Um, so now we move on to Somerset here, uh, 72 and 54 last season, first in the Liberty overall, and I first thrown excellent at the hands of Long Island last year. Always a good team. I mean, with the Liberty division, it always seems like they you got the you got the uh, Yankees and the Red Sox and the yeah. Ducks and the uh, Patriots here. So I'm excited to see them here. This is probably, in my opinion, the best overall team here. Yeah, probably. They don't. Sugarland has a case to it, I suppose, but the thing is with Sugarland, I feel like their highs are higher and their lows are lower. Yeah. With Somerset, their highs aren't as high, but their lows aren't as low. Nope. Uh, batting wise, Craig Matthews, the guy I picked to kind of highlight, but there's a bunch of guys. Alfredo Rodriguez is the guy there. Uh, a couple other guys, other catcher, uh, Brockmonte, that's it. Uh, Gabriel Brockmonte. Yep. He's another guy I think is going to be a really good catcher. I think he could be one of the best, if not the best, catcher in the Atlantic League this year. Yeah, Gabriel Brockmonte is really good. Uh, Scott Kelly is another really yeah, good Scott Kelly, player. yeah, he's had a lot of experience, too. 
there's a couple other guys that are really terrific there, and I really like their bats. Yeah, Alfredo Rodriguez is also pretty good uh, mm-hmm. as an infielder. Uh, uh, Ramon Flores. Uh, yeah, Ramon Flores could be a... He was a guy I was looking at. He could be a boomer bust type he guy. He could be, yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, Justin Petroli. Oh, yeah. Petroli, I think, could also be a very solid guy. Uh, there's a lot of bats there. The thing is with them, there's no real guy I go... If it's the bottom of the ninth, I need a base hit to win the game. Right. No one there do I go, that's the guy I want. There's a bunch of guys where I go, I wouldn't mind having them up, which right. is honestly, I think, a good attempt at building a team, yeah. a good angle at attacking it. Because if you have everyone that you go, they're going to be a potential problem, then you don't have anyone that uh, you don't want up. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think... I think you, you, this is a very even team, like we were saying. It's, it's a very, it's a team that has a lot of good pieces. I don't see that, there's not that big name, there's not James Loney. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's not a big name guy, uh, with a whole ton of MLB experience. You just got a lot of really good, talented players mm-hmm. who know how to play the game, um, and who are really, uh, really smart guys, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of on the baseball field. I also like on their, their staff, yeah. uh, not, not on their pitching staff, but yeah. on their coaching staff, yeah. uh, John Hunton, he was, a, he was oh, yeah, no, their, their reliever for a long yeah. time there, and he's a really smart baseball guy, mm-hmm. and we'll get into what manager Brett Jody in a moment. Yeah. Uh, but let's quickly hit the pitching staff. I think this is the best staff in the league. Oh, yeah. I think Rick Teasley is going to be one of the best pitchers in the mm-hmm. league. Mike Antoni, uh, yeah. I like him a lot, too. I think he's going to be a very solid guy. Uh, let's see. Who else do I have down here? Because I marked a lot of pitchers down there. Uh, Thomas Dormini. Yep. I like him as another starter. There's a whole slew of guys when you look at this roster. Brent Oberholzer. Who yeah, Oberholzer could be a big guy, too. Got uh, experience with the Houston Astros, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, Oberholzer. Yeah. And also Mike Broadway, which really, really good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think Mike Broadway is going to be a good addition. Well. Yeah, no, I really like Like, there's no real weak spot in the staff to no. this point. Now, of course, all this is just on paper. Sure. But I really do like them. I think they have a solid chance, as you're about to see in a minute when we go through our predictions here, I think they have a good chance at not just winning the division, but giving Sugarland a good run for their money. I agree. Yep. I rank Somerset a 70 on the 80 scale. Yeah, I would I would give them a little higher. I'll give them a 75. That would be my mm-hmm. score. Um, only because I think that, uh, I think overall as a team, they're so strong. I think 75 is uh, where they'll be because I don't really see that weak link. However, 75 is a really high score, and obviously as things play mm-hmm. out in the season, that could, be, that could go down, obviously. Yeah, my reasoning for the 70 was just simply... They lack that huge breakout bat. Yeah, if they, they had that bat, then I honestly, if they had Wellington Dotel, I would give them that boost. But they don't have him, so that's just where they're at. Plus, I'm I don't I'm not sold on their speed too. I think speed could be an issue. Speed could be an issue, but speed is only so important. Uh, is a lot less important in today's game. Yeah, than I, was years ago. I get too, but it's going to be something that you have to factor in. Yeah, definitely, especially on the fielding side of the ball. Yeah, especially on the fielding side of the ball, especially in the outfield. Mm. But Flores is pretty quick for Mo Flores. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, anything? Oh wait, we want to talk on um, Brett Jody. Right. right yeah. So Brett Jody will be. Uh, we'll go. We'll get into that segment in a little bit. But Brett Jody really is. A great manager. Um, he kind of took over in 2012 um, for uh, the OA's entertaining Sparky Lyle. Um, but I, I do think that um, you know Brett Jody's a really good leader in that in that clubhouse. has a has a whole ton of baseball experience and is the guy who I think is really going to be the standout manager this year, as we'll get into in a little bit. All right. So I think with that being said, we've covered each of the teams fairly well for the time that we have. Let's go now into the prediction segment once again, just as a quick reminder before we start getting into our predictions and whatnot. 
Each one of these teams will have their own dedicated YouTube video up on our channel, Indie Ball Report. You just go ahead, type in the YouTube, it should come up. You'll see a breakdown of each of the teams, and it'll be all good to go. If you can't find it on YouTube, just go to the website, www.indieballreport.com. There is a link available there. Just to let you know where to find it, we'll also probably tweet out the videos as well. So moving on now to the, to the predictions here. Uh, I'm going to touch on the Freedom League first, because we covered them first, and then we'll, you know matriculate from there. <laughs> exactly. I have the Freedom Division shaking out like this, both first and second half. Sugarland in at first, then Southern Maryland, then Lancaster, and then York. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you're going to see Sugarland one. Uh, I would say Southern Maryland is probably going to come in at two, and I think it's kind of a fight for a bo- the bottom between uh, the other two teams. So, yeah, I mean, you'll see what happens there, but I definitely do yeah. think that uh, Sugarland's going to win. <laughs> the thing I have here in the second half, which I misspoke a minute ago, it's not the same here. Nope. I have Lancaster having a good second half and Southern Maryland trailing off. I'm concerned about their health, and I'm concerned about them keeping it up. Just because, like we said, their strength is really their bullpen, and everything else is good enough to just keep everything afloat. If those arms get too much work in the first, say, 80 to 90 games, the last 50 is going to be a real rough stretch. I, I I would I understand your point. Uh, I do think though that Southern Maryland is the more talented team, mm. uh, and and I also think that Sugar. Uh, I also think that Lancaster has a couple of uh, holes, as we we're saying, no real flashy guy, not not a guy who really has jumps out at me. Mm. So I I do think that Lancaster will finish uh, third, and then York will finish last. All right. So then let's go ahead and just play a little over under here. I went ahead and put the overall wins here. Just tell me if you think it's going to be over under. For the sake of, for the purpose of this exercise, assume each team is whatever the number is and a half, so that way it has to be over or under. Okay. Sugarland at 83 winning the division. Uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take the over. Over on that. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go over. Alright. I'm a betting man. I think 83 is gonna be tough. They got 81 last year. Yep. So it, it could be tough, but I definitely see it as doable. Alright, in second place, I have Lancaster at 69 wins. Uh, under. Okay. Uh, Southern Maryland at 60, 68. Over. Over. Okay. So you're saying they're going to be over 18 games better. Yep. All right. And then York at 48. Uh, under, but not by much. Maybe under. Like 47, 46. Okay. So it's the half that does. Yeah. yeah. I figured 48 was that right number there. Because I yeah. can see them doing well, but at the same time, I'm not confident enough. In, yeah. You know. All right. So moving on now to the Liberty Division. I have Long Island, Somerset, High Point, New Britain in the first half. Ooh. My, well, let me do explain why I have High Point there. Ooh. I really think they're going to come out of the gate hot. <laughs> this is what you want to happen. <laughs> no, I really think this is going to happen because they're a new team. They're going to be playing in front of a fan base that's going to be really excited for that first half of the year. I think they're going to be really jazzed about it. I think mm-hmm. they're going to come out of the gates exceeding expectations. Because we see that a lot when you have that new star, that new team. They do better than you expect, plus my expectations are low, they're easy to exceed. Yeah. Then I have them kind of collapsing in the second half. Mm. Any comments on the first half before we go there? Okay, so first half, you're just blatantly wrong. Somerset won. Uh, <laughs> Somerset won. Well, I only have Somerset back by two games. Sure, all right, fair enough. I, I, I put Somerset at one. I think they're going to, they're going to, they're going to secretariat it. They're going to get to the front. I'm going to say that. Um, I think Somerset's going to be at one. I think Long Island will be at two. Although you're, you are right, they will definitely push them the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Somerset one, Long Island two. 
Uh, and I, I think new, I, I, you know, I want my free peanuts, so I'm gonna put new, new Britain at three, and then we'll leave High Point at four. I got news for you, ain't getting the free peanuts. Dang. I'm, I'm just saying New Britain. Just we want, can ask them. <laughs> I, here's what we'll do. Want for when we, if we go to a game there, we'll go ahead, we'll get a recording on a CD of the episode, we'll hand it to the press box and go, if you guys could listen to us and then send down some peanuts, we'll be awesome. Just one free peanuts. That's all. That's I'm all. Yeah. Now, I, now, so here's my thought here. We know Long Island, as we've been saying since we started the show, they're going veteran heavy with new manager Wally Backman, and we'll talk about that on the on their episode as I keep hammering home. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like those veterans are going to do really good in the beginning, and then it's going to start to level off yeah. later on. I feel like the veteran presence is enough to push Somerset back just a little bit, just because their guys. If if I am wrong in Mazzaro and Alderman and all them do jump and Nice go out guns blazing that first half, then it changes everything because those it are game breakers yeah. now. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. That's why I have in the second half Somerset leapfrogging Long Island and then uh, New Britain leapfrogging High Point. I have High Point actually doing really poorly in the second half, winning 18 games poorly. See, I, I'm, I am of a different school of thought. So I agree with you. I think Somerset is going to, is going to, Stay in the lead for the second half for my, for my prediction. I think they're going to yep. stay in the lead. I think the, the Ducks are going to push them the whole way, but in the end, their veterans are going to fall off at the end like you're talking about. Mm. Um, also, but, but what I do think is I think the Rockers are actually going to build steam. I think they're going to come out with some a excitement slumber. and they're going to lose the first, like, you know, a lot of games and they're gonna, everyone's going to be all like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden the team's going to figure it out. They're going to learn how to play together. Uh, they're gonna learn how to play in this new environment. They're gonna figure it out, and then they're gonna. I think they will leapfrog into that third place. Um, but I don't think that. I, I don't. But I, I just don't see that. I, I just see I them. Do. I see them trailing out with steam. Because keep in mind, the Can Am guys. This is forty games more than they're used to. So that's gonna be tough that last half. Also, when you have teams that are prepping for that playoff hunt, they're really going for blood in the water. I don't see High Point even with their steam building. I just don't see that. I'm I, telling you, I I'm really telling you, just, they're gonna break, they're gonna build chemistry, it's gonna be great, I'm not gonna get free peanuts, and New Britain's gonna go to lunch. <laughs> Fair enough, alright. So let's see. So, you have Freedom working out Sugarland, South Maryland, Lancaster, York, correct? Correct, yeah. And then you have for Liberty, Somerset, Long Island, High Point, New Britain, that's the end. Yep. Alright. And so for me, I had Somerset, Long Island, New Britain, High Point for Liberty, and then Sugarland, Lancaster, South Maryland, and York. Now for the over-under here on the Liberty side of things, 75 games, Somerset, they win the division. Over. All right. Long Island, 75 games, they finish second. Over. Okay. 53 games for New Britain. Under. 43 for High Point. Over! All right. Okay. <laughs> So then let's see here. So for your first round, you would then have Sugarland South Maryland as their first round. Yep. Who do you see that shaking out? Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Sugarland's gonna, gonna knock their doors off. Come on. <laughs> well, look at what happened in hockey. You have Tampa Bay that should have beaten Columbus's brains in and True. they get swept. Good point. But so, I mean, anything's possible. Anything's possible in sports, but I definitely think Sugarland will be in the finals. Alright. Well, the championship game. Pardon me. I have have the same thing on the other side. I have Sugarland, Lancaster. That's done in four. Sugarland takes it. I think Lancaster is able to steal one at home, but I think that's That's probably probably she wrote there. (laughs) Uh, We have the same thing on the other side. Somerset, Long Island, 
where you see that shaking out. Uh, let's go with the home team. Let's go Somerset Patriots. All right. Now, I also have, so that's not great for radio here, but I have that five games. Same for the all last year, only the results changed. Yeah, I, I think Somerset's, Somerset's going to be burned uh, after last year. I think they're going to come back ready uh, to go out there and win. And I think Brett Jody is really going to get them to play uh, hard. I think the key thing here to keep in mind and to remember is if Long Island's veterans hold up and they do what they should do, then I think this changes a lot. I yep. think that flips the series to Long Island in five. I agree. I don't see the series ending any game before five. I just see it has no, to go it's five. it's going to be a good series. It's going to be a good series. And I, and I think the, the X factor, and we'll get into uh, uh, picks for uh, you know best players or whatever, yeah. um, but I do think John Neese is going to be an X factor in that series. Mm. You've got a guy with a lot of experience who could be the guy who kind of flips that series more towards Long Island. So I, I am not confident in my Somerset pick, but I am picking Somerset. <laughs> All right. You know, you got to find it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. All right, so now we got Somerset Sugarland. We both have that as a final. Yeah. Where do you see that going? Oh, I'm going, I will go with uh, the Somerset Patriots. I think they will outlast the veterans of the Sugarland Skeeters. I think Mark Lowe and James Loney and those guys will teeter off at the end or not even be on the roster and then we will see uh, a Somerset Patriots championship. I'm going to say I like Somerset pick, and I have that, but for the sake of argument, I'll say Sugarland here. Either way, I think we can agree it's going to go five. Oh, yeah. I think these teams are two halves of the same coin in a way, where you have Sugarland that has a lot of highs and a lot of X-Factor talent guys that can change the series on the drop of a hat. Oh, yeah. While Somerset's a very even-keeled team, but their even is very high up. So while they'll never do terrible, they will never really shoot terribly high. I agree. And that's what makes them such a compelling matchup, because it's a matter of what will Sugarland do? I think that's the question here. If you have Giansanti and Loney and Lowe and Beeler and all these guys yep. and uh, Connor Wade, yep. if they're all going full force, it's going to be very hard to beat them. If they're off, then Somerset should beat them. I think that's really what you're going to come down to here. I think that's your X factor there. Although I will say I do like some of such chances just because you don't see repeat champions typically. Yeah, typically you don't see repeat champions, although I think another guy, a guy that we're going to keep bringing up throughout the season, uh, Anthony Giansanti, is really going to be an X factor because he is a clutch player. And he does really come up in those big moments, yep. um, as we did see last year. So definitely somebody to keep an eye on in those big games. Yeah, it's like Boat knows what to do there in the Tug big situation. He knows what to do in the situation. So I, I do like it. And if there is a team that can repeat, it is certainly Sugarland. Yep. So I look for that to end in five with Somerset. Mm-hmm. All right. So now that we've gotten our kind of team predictions here, let's go to individual predictions. So there's really three major awards that the Atlantic League hands out. Uh, Player of the Year, which is really Batter of the Year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pitcher of the Year, which is their Cy Young. And Manager of the Year. Who do you have for Player of the Year? So Player of the Year, I'm going to go with Anthony Giansanti. I think Anthony Giansanti is a great talent. I think he's a great outfielder. And I think he is going to be our uh, Player of the Year this year. I certainly see that as a very strong possibility. However, I'm going a little bit off the board. I'm going with an infielder from your Somerset Patriots, Alfredo Rodriguez. Yeah, that's a good one. Because he is the kind of guy that I think is just poised to have that season where he bats 350, hits 20 home runs, and brings 90 men home. I see that happening this year. I think he could be that kind of X-factor that they lack 
if he steps up to it. And I see him doing it. I think he's going to be a really strong guy. And overall, he's going to be there the full year. That gives him a leg up. I just really like to see him succeed. He's been a pretty good player for a long time now, and I just see him making that next step this year. Yeah, I, I like that pick. Um, the reason that I, I do tend to lean toward Giansanti is because he's now he's got his second year. He's going to be in his second year with the Skeeters. He's going to be really comfortable uh, there. He's going to have his routine down. He's going to have everything set. And we know what his talent is, right? We know what, what Giansanti's talent is. And with that talent, I do think we're going to see a great product out of him this season. I think it's going to be a great year. Maybe, like you're saying, he might not put up those flashy numbers um, in terms of home runs or RBIs, but I do think he's going to have a really high batting average like he did last year, and, you know, we'll kind of see where it goes. Yep. So let's move on to pitcher of the year now. Who do you got? John Neese. John Neese. You're high on John Neese. I am high on John Neese. Uh, I know this is a recent addition. I know the last time we saw John Neese pitch, he wasn't quite good, and there's certainly some injury concerns um, with the Met, you know, from his time with the Mets. But mm-hmm. I do think that John Neese's talent translate, translates perfectly into the Atlantic League. I think John Neese is going to be the guy who's going to be the consistent workhorse at the top of Long Island's uh, roster. I think he's going to be their ace, and I think he's going to wind up winning Pitcher of the Year of Market Down Kids right now. I'm going to say you're wrong there because it's going to be <laughs> Dallas Beeler who wins it. And here's why. Dallas Beeler is probably the best pitcher on Sugarland. And if we're saying Sugarland's going to be the best regular season team, which I don't think we have any sort of disagreement there. No. I, I gotta give it to him. I think he's gonna be a terrific starter. I think he's gonna win him a good amount of games. His ERA is probably gonna be around 2-5, which is certainly good enough to win it. I like him as an overall pitcher. I think he has the full package, and if he could just keep runs off the board, that's all there's gonna be to write. Then also, once again, I'm not high on the Long Island veterans. I'm really not high on them. I'm, I'm really skeptical, because how often do you see one of these guys come down to a league like this and just not perform? I, I do. I agree with that. I see your point. But, but John Neese is a different kind of guy. John Neese is a guy who always had that talent and never was able to develop it. And I think this type of a league is exactly where John Neese doesn't have any pressure. He doesn't have any of the outside factors. All he's got to worry about is him and, and baseball. And then he can really flourish into the best pitcher from the Atlantic League. I'm just saying, I just don't, I don't see that being the case. Well, no. I just don't. Hey, yeah. Everyone's got their opinion. <laughs> Manager of the year. I got uh, Stan Clyborne of South Maryland. I think having a giant turnaround like he's poised to have nearly 20 games, you have to hand it to him. Brett Jody. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. It's the only name that I have to throw out there. I mean, the guy is, is as good a baseball mind as you have in the Atlantic League right now. As good as. I mean, there's certainly guys who are also in that. Um, but I also think that Brett Jody is a great leader within the locker room, and I do think that he winds up taking the trophy because they will be the eventual champions of the league, and also certainly I think they'll have one of the better records in the regular season, beating out the, the Long Island Ducks, who will be, for another uh, another season, kind of the foil to the Thompson Patriots. Yeah. Um, I do find it interesting. We both completely ignored Wally Backman. We did. He's just not <laughs> like for me, though, I just don't. I don't see like Wally as that potent of a candidate for this. Yeah, if he succeeds, you had a veteran lace team that probably succeeded for you, and it's essentially a quadruple A team. Yeah. If you failed, then you failed because the veterans failed. 
like you're not doing anything terrific here, and Long Island's already a good team, so that's why I just don't think Wally Backman's a candidate. Yeah, I think there's too many star names that are going to overshadow the idea of Wally Backman as manager of the year. I think that's one thing that makes Southern Maryland and the Patriots kind of more susceptible to being able to have this type of manager of the year candidate because they're not going to have some. They don't have James. Uh, they don't have. They don't have. Uh, well, he's also a coach. Yeah, so. yeah, Cody. They don't have. Um, they the don't star. Have the star players. They don't have the John Nieces. They don't have those kind of players. Uh, so I, I do think Wally Backman will have a harder time getting uh, the Manager of the Year award there. Yeah. I I also I think that works similar to what you're saying against Brett Jody. Because mm-hmm. Somerset is a traditionally a good team. And as we're saying, they're going to be contending. They're going to be a high-quality team here. I think that may work against them a bit. Just because that feat that Southern Maryland that I predict they're going to pull off is going to be just that great that I don't see how you go. The guy that started at zero and got to two is greater than the guy that started at minus five and got to one. But I think their season, the Patriots season, will be so good. I don't think they're going to win 80-plus games. I think it's going to be so good they're going to be impossible to ignore. 80-plus games. 80-plus games. That's a bold proclamation. Put it down right now. I'm just I don't... See, I don't rule it out because you have high point in New Britain in your division. Yeah. Obviously, the games against the Ducks are going to be the critical ones. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins that series should win the uh, overall division. Yeah. I just, I'm I'm not sold on winning. I really think it's going to be South Maryland. Yeah, I mean, hey, I do think that, you know, South Maryland's going to be a good team this year. And I, I, I think we got to see how it plays out. But definitely, uh, Brett Jody's always been a good manager and will continue to be so. And I think it's going to put him squarely in the running for the award, too. All right. Well, then let's go ahead here, and I put together kind of an all-league team, kind of like how you see with the NFL, they have their all-pro league. Mm-hmm. I did this for the preseason here. These are the guys that I think at the end of the year, you're going to see them as the top of their position. So feel free to comment as I go along here. If you have any substitutes you want to make, we'll stop, we'll discuss. And so at the catcher, I got Gabriel uh, Bracamonte. Yeah, I see him I, there, too. I like him. I think he's the best catcher in this league. I really do think he's a solid player. Yep. Uh, first base, Nate Coronado of York. I really like him. I think he's going to be a, have a huge year for York and be one of the few bright spots for them. Nope, 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 nope. Come on, you're going to have you're going to have James Loney on the Sugarland Skeeters, and you're telling me you you you're telling me not going with him? Come on. Here's why. I see James Loney as essentially Brian LaHare, which oh. is not that he's pretty run the mill. Mm-hmm. I see Nate taking advantage of this opportunity and jumping ahead and being that kind of guy. I'm telling you, he's a veteran. Jim Lewis is a veteran. He knows the game. I don't really value that veteran presence that much. I value the veteran presence, and I also think he's still got a lot less than that tank. I think that's the difference between he James Loney and Brian LaHair. As a Met fan, he doesn't. He does, I'm telling you. I've too. watched him. He does not. He's got a lot in the tank. He really does not. any case, second base, Angelus Nina of South Maryland. I have him being the guy there. I think he's going to be really good. I really like him a lot. Yeah, that, that, that's one I will I will agree with. Yeah. I do like that. Yep. I, he just seems to play well at Southern Maryland. So. He does, yeah. Uh, Anthony Giansanti at third base. I oh, guess oh, yeah. That's a layup. <laughs> it's expected. Uh, Craig Massey of Somerset, shortstop. I think that could be a very interesting one. There's a couple other guys I'm looking at, but Craig seems like a pretty consistent guy. Yeah, I mean, if we're saying that Somerset's good because they have a lot of good pieces, this is one of those pieces where you have mm-hmm. to say, if, if he if he's not the best shortstop, then they're not going to be the team we think they're going to be. Yeah. Uh, now we get to the outfield. My three outfielders, Ruby Silva of South Maryland, Zach Shank of Lancaster, and Wellington Dotel of York. Yeah, Wellington Dotel and Zach Shank. 
I definitely, uh, definitely agree with. I think you gotta take a look at some, some other guys also that could be in the mix there, but I definitely think, uh, that he's gonna be, that those two guys are gonna be there at the end of the day. Um, I also think Matt Dendecker is gonna be good on mm. Long Island, so he I think could that be. He, I could see him there as well. Yep. No, he's definitely a possibility. I just really am high on Silva. I yeah. think he's gonna be a really solid guy for them. So, and at the DH position, I have Kaleen Sams of High Point. I think he's going to do a very good job. He did a great job with Quebec, and I think Quebec's going to be a very similar type ballpark to High Point. I think he's going to do very well. He's going to be one of those guys that gets off to an early tear. Yeah, I can definitely see Sams being there. Uh, you know, it's hard to put DH down because a lot of guys will DH, but I definitely think Sams is probably that guy. Sams or Ford. I think mm-hmm. Ford, you know, if, he, yeah, if they Ford DH him, if they, if, if they DH him, then you can yeah. see him being there. Yeah, my only concern was he doesn't really hit for power. True. Yeah. So as from a DH position, I traditionally think power. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with that, but I also think that if he's hitting two ninety three hundred, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you'll trade it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then my two pitchers I have for my starting pitcher and then best reliever, Jake Fisher of Long Island for your best pitcher, and Chase Hutchington at, from High Point as reliever. I'm high on Hutchington, and I really think Fisher's going to be that guy that Long Island needs. He's going to be the guy no one thinks of, but will do good. So, uh, flip, <laughs> flip it. I'll take, I'll take Nice. I'll take another Long Island guy. I'll take Nice as my, uh, pitcher, and I will definitely uh, keep Hutchington in there as well. I think he's going to be very good. You don't watch enough Met baseball to know you should not be picking these Mets. You really shouldn't be. Johnny's is not really that good. There's a reason why he was traded for Bestardo, who was one of the worst relievers for the Mets that year. Now, I understand that. I, I understand that, that he had his struggles. But it was always seemed like he was just, he was the A.J. Burnett of the New York Mets. He was always just one, he would have he one great outing. Burnett. He would have one bad outing. He had his good moments and his bad moments. I think he's got the stuff, the stuff. To be the best pitcher. I'm not saying that it's a guarantee. I'm not locking it down. Well, this is a preseason prediction. Right. It's just I'm on the not paper. Locking it down, but I'm saying on paper, if he if he gets it all together, he has some time. If he gets it all together, he's gonna be great. I just don't think so. He's in his thirties now. He's ran out of time. I don't see him jumping up here. He is what he is, and I just I see Jake Fish as the best. As honestly, I think he's the best pitcher on Long Island. I I just really like Fisher compared. Uh, Hutchinson's the one guy I did think about subbing out for a couple other guys. I know Downs was a guy I've talked Downs about. Good, yeah. uh, Schumann's been another guy. I believe that guy is on Long Island, if I'm correct. Uh, however, there's a bunch of other relievers there, but I thought Chase would really be the guy. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely true there, yeah. And also, we want to give a nod to, to the Rockers. You want to give them their one guy? <laughs> well, I gave them two. I gave them Sam's. Oh, yeah, we did give them Sam's. Yeah, you're right. Oh. right, right, right. So, but, you know, again, he's a guy that's kind of, no. Yeah. But, you know, so right there, that's about the All-Pro here. I got some other guys here that I've listed down, but I've discussed them throughout the show. Uh, they're kind of like All-American guys. I could go through them all, but that'd be just kind of pointless of me listing guys. Here going. <laughs> they're going. point. Jamari Henry and uh, Giovanni Alfonso. They're pretty solid players. Probably the only ones in addition to Sam's and Hutchington that they have. Yeah, probably. <laughs> like doing that, I'll probably discuss them in the videos, and they'll probably be a write-up on the website either in the article section or another section that will have all of them listed. So you can look at them at your leisure at IndieBall.com or IndieBallReport.com. So with that, I think it's important that we conclude with some, with at least three hot takes aside here. So that way we can go ahead and, you know, make some bold predictions about the year. So that way we can look back in, let's see, say for about five months or so and go, why did we think that? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, you first. All right, I'll go for. We'll go one and one. One and one. I'll say one, you say one. We'll go back and forth. All right. All right, so let's see. First one, I have Somerset or Long Island doesn't win 20 games in the first half and then comes back in the second half and goes on a complete tear losing all but 15 games. Or winning all but 15. Wow, that's a a, a good one. So they finished. I'll, I'll go ahead and make it more specific. Long Island wins the first half of the division because Somerset goes under 500. Somerset comes back to tie them for the division. Wow, that's a good one. Uh, I guess my hot take will be I'll take the York Revolution winning the mo- losing the most games in uh, Atlantic League history. In history. In history. They so worse than the Road Warriors. We're talking we're, like worst worst of teams that aren't the Road Warriors. Worst of teams that are that have have a home ball. So point. we're talking they're winning like twenty games. Like twenty games, yeah. So. Let's go ahead and hammer it down. How many wins do you think York's going to get? We'll make that the hot take. 25 wins total for the year. 25 total wins for the York Revolution. Yep. Well, I don't think they're going to last in the ballpark now, but <laughs> that's the way that goes. Uh, let's see. Countering that. That's hard to count. Yeah, that's that was a hot take. take. I'm trying to keep them, like, semi-plausible. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> let's see here. I'll go out there. I'll go on a limb and say, for my hot take, Anthony Giannisanti is not an all-star. He does not finish as an all-star this year. Blasphemy. That is blasphemy. <laughs> Tell them, Stephen A. Uh, okay, all right. I see that one. I see that one. All right. Um, I will say that John Neese pitches so well that, in fact, he is picked up and on a major league roster by the end of the season. If, if Jonathan Neese... It's on a major league roster by the end of the year. I'm not talking for a, like one start here. I'm talking for a. a pro- oh, I'm talking, go- I'm talking about like one start. I'm talking about like barely on the team, barely on the roster. Yeah. Okay, well now I think good. Just aim for saying something dumb. <laughs> I was gonna say something like if he's on the team for a month, I'll go ahead and buy everyone that listens to the show a ticket to see him pitch. <laughs> because he is not going to be on. He's not on a major league roster. He's not that kind of talent. He's yeah, been, yep. he's not that good. He just isn't. Man, that's my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's a hot take. Um, let's see, for my last one here, I'm willing to go ahead and say, I'm trying to think of, you know what, I got, we're both wrong about Long Island and Somerset and it's high point that steal the playoff spot. Oh, that's a hot take. All right. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll conclude. I'll say, I go, I go out on the limit. I'll say, James Loney hits the most home runs in the Atlantic League this season. That is a hot take and probably one of the worst you'll hear in a while. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and recap this. So that way I can go ahead, write this down easier when I go through and edit this podcast. <laughs> My three hot takes were Somerset starts this first half of the season under 500, but then comes back and ties for the division. Yep. Giannisanti's not an all-star, right. so it's Somerset's under 500, but then ties for division. Giannisanti's not an all-star. High point makes the playoffs. Yep. Mine <laughs> mine are the York Revolution wins twenty five games. Uh my also my other one is that Jonathan Meese ends up on a major league roster by the end of the season, at least one start. Or at least one game, one game take. One appearance. One appearance. And my third one, which probably is the most out there, if you can believe it, is that James Loney leads. Well, finish the year leading them in home runs. Leading run. the entire Atlantic League in home runs. <laughs> I'm just shaking Silence. my head. Because, <laughs> like, 
There really are odd takes, because I would be shocked if any of them happened. Just like I would really be shocked if any of mine happened. But, <laughs> but that's why they're hot takes, not supposed to be intelligent. So, once again, I think that's just about where we're at. Any final thoughts here on the Atlantic League going into this season? Any final predictions? Any players that you expect to see in the Atlantic League that may not be there now within the year that should be mentioned? Any anything? Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a great season in Atlantic League baseball. Uh, I think that um, you'll see some guys in and out. I do think that at some point a guy like Conrad Greger or a, a Taylor Brennan could get in there. Depends on how things go, but I do think you may you'll see some bigger Can-Am League names jump up, especially at the end of the year, as we know the Can-Am League season does end early. So we'll see how that plays out. So I think I'm about good. I think I said my piece here once again. It's going to be a great year, like you were saying. I expect Southern Maryland to take some strides. I expect York and Lancaster to just kind of stall out where they're at. Uh, Sugarland should win it. Southern Maryland should be right there. I think the playoffs are going to be really exciting. Uh, there's nobody really could see jumping in or out. Real, I think I've said the piece here. I think all that's really left to be said before we close out the episode to the plug that I hear our usual routine. Uh, just reminding people the reason there was no news is because we were doing this instead. All the news from this week will just be dumped into next week's show, being that uh, we'll only have one or two games to really discuss, and outside of that, there won't be much news, I expect. So we'll discuss any news stories from this week, next week. Also, if you want your own individual team's breakdown, an in-depth breakdown, far more than we could go on to this show, being that we're already running pretty long here. And that will be up on the YouTube channel. Expect that. The video will be tweeted out at some point when those videos go up. They expect two a day starting on Monday, running right to opening day. So you have that to look forward to. Once again, two a day starting Monday, individual team breakdowns. That's just the important thing to know. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's Indie Ball Report on YouTube. Links are on the website, also on our social media, which can be found at Indie Ball Pod on Twitter, Indie Ball Report on Instagram. That's all the social media we have because, well, we don't see the need for any of the other ones. <laughs> In any case, uh, you can find the website, www.indieballreport.com, and you can go ahead and find the podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, am I forgetting anything? Uh, Podomatic, and that's about it. That's where we're at here. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review the podcast on all those places, and... As we get into the season, we'll finally start picking up the articles again as the as the season ramps up and there's stuff to actually talk about now. Yes. So you'll expect to see that. A lot more content coming out in the next coming months, so be sure to keep an eye out on everything we just mentioned. And as always, get ready to play ball. Bye.